Well, hello again and welcome in. Wherever you are today and wherever you're listening from, I'm so happy to have you over to feast upon God's Word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm still your host, Jed Yancey, from the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida. And here lately, I've been sinking my teeth into this statement made by Jesus in John chapter 4, where Jesus is in this conversation with a Samaritan woman and says that true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. He goes on to say, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to preach on this this coming Sunday. And um, I guess just to let you in on the workings of my brain a little bit in preparation to preach, I'll oftentimes completely overwhelm myself with all the things from Scripture, uh, sometimes too much all. And I write them down and and get them all listed, and and then try to organize a few of them into some form of the most effective way uh, to prevent uh, present whatever it is. But but I always end up with some leftover things that you know, for sake of time, is just not possible to include everything. Which is, I think, probably the most frustrating part so far of. Of preaching, um, having God's inspired word and all these examples or routes to take to teach or talk about, uh, like in this case, worshiping in spirit and in truth, but then having to decide what to put in and what to leave out as just, you know, leftovers. But uh, you know what? Th- those leftovers are just as important. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, much of my childhood, I was raised on leftovers. I, I, I grew up loving leftovers night for dinner, uh, just as much as I did my mom's hot and ready and right out of the oven night. So uh, today, let's eat on some leftovers for just a few minutes. Not as though it's secondary or something less than what is good, but rather equally as good. And in this case, equally as important because this is a pretty huge statement by Jesus in John 4. And the context of it pretty easily understood um, is, is this. There's this Samaritan woman who, along with all Samaritans, considered the place of authorized worship to be at the location of Mount Gerizim. And so there had been this ongoing debate between Jews and Samaritans as to the correct place, the correct geographical location of worship, because the Jewish people held the view that all sacrifice and offerings, basically all worship be done in Jerusalem, which that was true. That's the way God revealed things to be done, and Jesus addresses this here. But, uh, you know, that didn't mean, of course, they couldn't worship God outside of Jerusalem, But that was the only place where the Jews could go to lawfully offer sacrifice to God. Uh, So Jesus' words here are pretty clear, coupled with what we learn all throughout the New Testament. Like, 
there's no longer a specific geographical location of worship. We see uh, people worshiping in, in different homes and, and down by a river and in a prison, like um, all the things. But do you know what must exist, though, in that worship? Three key parts. Number one, always has been and always should be the case that wherever and whenever you worship, that you are worshiping God, that you're worshiping Him. And number two, Jesus says your worship should be done or must be done in spirit. And then number three, your worship should be done in truth. Those are the guidelines. That's true worship. Now, hopefully we got number one right. Like, uh, this is one of the unchanged and timeless principles, or, or commands, rather, uh, put in place from the very beginning. Like, tell me if this sounds familiar to you. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of a house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Now that should call to your mind the Ten Commandments, like non-negotiable, which is interesting because this command was, was broken many times, right? Like this would be a long episode to tell you of all the places and to look at all the places. And in case you just want a reference, go through and read the book of Judges, like Right after Joshua dies, chapter 2, verse 11, it reads, Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord. Like Going back even farther, how about from the golden calf forever ago to then now, whatever lowercase g gods that you want to plug in that we worship today. It's been an issue forever. As we can read it, it has happened. It does happen. Unfortunately, will always happen that rule number one is disregarded. And God's response to this is what? Well, take a guess. Like, again, read the book of Judges in the Old Testament, but just one example if you need it. Same location uh, chapter 2, right after Israel forsakes God and turns to the other lowercase g gods, verse 14, the anger of the Lord burned against them. Like some, some really brutal stuff happens to them. And another lesson in, in its entirety, I think, is, is the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God that, that follows as he raises up these judges to deliver them. But anyways, as you look at this spirit and truth thing today, which is number two and number three and what I mentioned before, here at Central on Sunday, we're going to spend most of our time uh, talking about the half of this that we miss quite often, which I think is the spirit part, like the right attitude, the right heart in our worship, the right emotions in place, you know, as we worship God. So I'm going to spend a lot of time there on Sunday. Remember, we're eating leftovers today. And the leftovers today, what's in the fridge today, 
is this truth part of this meal from God's Word that Jesus talks about in John 4, which, again, don't get me wrong. Don't let the term leftovers fool you. It's equally as important as the Spirit. Uh, That's not me saying that. It's, It's Jesus saying, remember, true worshipers must worship in spirit, like right heart, right attitude, and, not or, and spirit and truth. So while we collectively or you individually may miss the mark on the spirit side of things and place this truth part at the top and you bank on that, you count on that, and you might say, well, well, my heart, my focus, my attitude and worship was somewhere else today. At least I came. Like I participated. I sang some songs. I checked that box. I did all the things. I was here but I wasn't really here. Well, yeah, sure, good. But remember, that's only half of it. Like, good job, you got the truth part right, but God looks and says, Jed, like, good job, man, but where's your spirit? Yeah, you followed the commands of me, but you tell me if this sounds familiar. From Matthew 15, Jesus quoting back from Isaiah and speaks this to the Pharisees, and the and the people that, that made truth the weightier and primary matter. As he says, you people honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. In vain, you worship me. Does that sound familiar? That's not good. Like, again, probably true of some of us, all truth and no spirit sometimes. But where I'm going with this is the other side, because it is totally and completely possible to miss what Jesus calls true worship in the other direction. Like, what if you're somewhere where the spirit is absolutely alive, like it's no doubt about it, 1000%. You can feel it. You feel moved. The the spirit part of of things is is there before, it's there during and after worship. But the way in which you worshiped does not follow the truth, and it doesn't follow the commands of God. Well, first off, is that even possible? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe you can think of some some real live right now examples where that's the case. And and guess what? That's not good. All spirit, no following of what God has laid out for us as acceptable worship is a very real and scary matter. It was in scripture, too. I remember the first few chapters of, of Revelation, these messages to various churches like not to get too far into detail on these, but but there are two in particular that are mentioned that seem to be doing some good things, but they had lost sight of the truth and they started to allow these other things to overtake the truth. Thus saith the Lord's, right? So here briefly, just just part of what is written to Pergamum is this. You guys, you hold fast to my name. And you didn't deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas. But I have a few things against you. So, like, what? Well, Jesus says, you have some there at the church that hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept the teaching of Balak, 
to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel. You also have some who, in the same way, hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Uh, Listen to this, he goes on to say, repent now or else. And I'm not even going to read the rest of what comes next after or else. (laughs) Because to hear or else from the Lord God is a serious matter. That's a little scary, right? And, And so why do I use the word scary? Well, again, I mean, both sides are scary. Like to miss the spirit or to miss the truth in regards to our worship is to miss the whole thing. So again, because hot and ready and right out of the oven is Sunday morning, (laughs) where we're mainly going to deal with worshiping in spirit. For your 44 today, I want to give you what's in the fridge for leftovers. Again, don't let the term leftovers fool you. Worshiping in truth is just as important. So let's talk a little bit about that. And let me start here. First off, I want you to know I try to concern myself totally and completely with sharing and spreading the gospel, the the good news. Like most of my time is spent local, is Ocala, and even more local than that are my efforts for the group that meet here at, at Central. Now, because of that, I'm not real privy to what goes on in other churches um, maybe I should be. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not real um, concerned with that and not privy and not in the know um, as to what's going on with them or, or what they concern themselves with, most especially denominational churches or, or the churches of what's happening now or community churches like all of them. And so here recently, it came as a bit of a shock to me that we've had two families visit here recently and in talking with them, they said they, they moved to the area and they did some church shopping. And I kid you not, in both situations, and mind you, they both moved from different places. They, they both said they were looking for somewhere that stuck to the truth and worshiped in truth. Not a smidge of the truth, not partially, not pick and choose, all of it, all of the truth. And so I started to then think, well, man, it, it can't be coincidence that these two people are, are virtually saying the same thing. And honestly, these conversations are really what provoked me to even study this John 4 statement from Jesus in the first place. One of those families even made the comment that it was important for them to be in a place where the budget for all the things added to worship like the light shows, the cameras, the screens, the the instruments, not even be close uh, to the money spent for spreading and sharing the good news as a matter of first importance. Like that's what Paul calls it, right? Now, my first reaction to that was, wow, does it really happen where it's like backwards? Can it get to that place where a church loses sight of that matter of of most importance? And then I thought, well, how dumb of a question is that, Jed? (laughs) Of course. 
the seven churches and and revelation, right? It, It happens. It happens even more now, I would say, like tons and tons of money and effort um, and, and time poured into artificially making you feel and moving your spirit and your heart because man says that's a good idea. But is that what God says? So here's what I did. I, I Googled and I watched some worships and, and tried to do so through the lens of church shopping. Like, I'm new to the area. I Googled some that I drive by every day, even listened to a few sermons, and was totally and completely um, speechless. Uh, don't really have the words to put into place. Now, I'm not here to to bash or to talk down or to say that I and we got it all right, because honestly, I'll be the first to tell you I don't. And then considering that that man is flawed and it will always be the case that that every church will have its flaws because man is involved. Like I'm telling you, we here at Central, our flaw sometimes when it comes to what we're eating on today is the spirit half of this spirit and truth meal. But considering John 4 and what Jesus says here to those emphasizing the spirit, how you feel, emotions you feel, all the things, and making that more important. Are you so hard after that? Can we be so hard after that that we miss the truth? Quite literally, you skip past the thus saith the Lord's and and the commands or biblical examples we can point to of what our worship should be and, and what is pleasing to God. And if that's the case, How do we fix it? How do we make it back right? Well, the Lord says in Revelation to these churches, repent, go back, make yourself back right or else. And I think there's another really cool story. I'm a little long winded today, so I'm not going to have time to include much of this one, but um, a good story with great application um, to this in regards to the truth being missed and forgotten and then realized and the response we should take in in second Kings chapter 22. Again, I don't have time to to talk about all that maybe on another podcast one day. Um, it's good stuff. But anyways, you know, this really got me wondering, like, because honestly, I feel like there's there's more church shopping going on than ever before, which let me just say and include here, you should be uh, shopping around if you're at a place where the most important thing is not the most important thing. But with all the church shopping that seems to be going on, again, I'm not privy to everything. Um, and and so, you know, with that and, and with more enough, more than enough of a variety of churches out there to tickle anyone's fancy then why isn't everyone happy with where they're at? Well, over the course of my time, not just doing what I do now, but over the course of my being a Christian, outside of the two families I mentioned earlier, I've encountered like tons of people that have bounced around from place to place and church to church. And when they're questioned about why, most of the answers back are things like this. 
See if you can find the commonality. Well, I didn't like the church here. I didn't like the church there. I don't like the way they did this. I didn't like the way they did that. I didn't like the preacher. Here's the most cringeworthy to steal a word from uh, my daughter, Hadley. (laughs) The most cringeworthy one of all. I didn't get anything out of it. Like, yikes. I mean, if, if you guys have talked to anyone that's moved to a different place of worship, you've probably heard some of the same things. So with enough variety out there for everyone to be happy with what they want in all of the churches of, of what's cool and happening now, well, then why aren't they happy? Why still so much church shopping? Well, I think the answer to that is we've forgotten all that God has done and in turn forgotten what worship really is. You see, worship is not a noun. It's not a place we go to. I know we use it some, sometimes that way. We got to understand worship is a verb. It requires action, and each and every one of us are participants in it. But let's be clear about one thing. Going back to John 4 and the statement by Jesus, that is this. First and foremost, worship is not about I and me. Sure, you should feel some things. Sure, you should leave feeling encouraged And sure, you should be edified, absolutely, but you can't get to that spot artificially. Again, I'm not saying it. Jesus says it. True worshipers will worship the Father with artificial light shows and instruments and bands and and be those, as 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, turn to I and me and mine, and what I get out of it. They turned to their own desires, and that was what they made matter the most. So much so that they'll turn away their ears from, listen to this, the truth. They will turn away from that and on over into the land of anything goes. Now, let me ask you, is that true worship? Is that the kind of true worship Jesus is talking about in John 4? No. No. And again, I say no. Can I read this whole section of text one more time? John chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. An hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. To miss part of this in either direction is to miss all of it. Man, can I encourage you, and actually encourage is the wrong word. I'm begging you here today. Wherever you are and wherever you show up to worship, number one, worship God. 
Did you know that the word worship, taken all the way back to its root, quite literally means to kiss the hand of God? So again, number one, kiss the hand of God when you worship. Worship can't be about kissing the hand of me and I and mine. It can't be about kissing the hand of a, of a preacher or of a man or of a band. Kiss the hand of God. Number two, worship in spirit. And number three, worship in truth. Not the truth how you or man see it. Not the truth to suit your own desires or in the words of Paul to, uh, to Timothy to tickle your ears. Worship in truth, which is worship all that is true of God and the truth as it pertains to the commands of God, the words of God, and the Son of God. But can I beg of you one more thing? Whether you're here at Central and you're worshiping with me and I with you or somewhere else altogether, I'm begging you to open the book, to open your Bible, to study the truth and to see for yourself what is being taught and preached and how worship is going down. Is it being done by kissing the hand of God? Is it being done in spirit and in truth? I sure hope it is. But I'm begging you to read it for yourself, to study it for yourself. And most of all, today, worship in spirit and in truth. I love you guys. I thank you so much for listening. Sorry a little long-winded today. I'll talk to you next week about these itchy ears I briefly mentioned from 2 Timothy. Again, love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week.